taking sports to another level. Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Exploring the latest headlines and going behind the scenes with in-depth interviews, hearing personal stories and the impact of sports in their lives. Here's your host, Richmond Weaver. What time is it? Welcome, everyone. This is Rich Take on Sports, and back with you this week, episode number five. I am your host, Richmond Weaver, and glad you're listening through whatever format that might be. And thank you for being an investor by investing your time to listen. Again, episode number five, and this journey continues. We're hovering right around 600 downloads since the official launch two weeks ago, and those numbers are continuing to climb. Now, I've received a lot of great feedback, especially from last week's episode with former NFL head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Sam Weish, and his story of the gift of life he received through organ donation as he received a heart transplant after the doctors only gave him literally hours left to live. It's definitely something that you want to listen to. And if you want to even read a little bit more about the actual transplant itself, visit sportspectrum.com. They did a great article on the story of Sam's transplant. Now, the feedback means a lot, as I mentioned, so I welcome the opportunity to connect. So please follow me on Twitter, at Rich Take Sports. Email me, richmond at richtakeonsports.com. And also, don't forget to visit our website, richtakeonsports.com. And there, you'll be able to listen, download, and even subscribe. And our guest this week is one of the most influential athletic directors in all of sports, and that's Dan Radakovich, the current athletic director at Clemson University. And you'll hear in his story that Clemson is not the only school he's been associated with that has experienced some significant success. So I think there might be a correlation of Dan's involvement and success at that particular school. So now let's hear the guest interview in the Rich Spotlight. Shining brightly to share the stories of people in sports. This is the Rich Spotlight. In the Rich Spotlight this week is Clemson University Athletic Director Dan Radakovich. And it's an honor to have Dan as our guest this week. Last week, Dan was named the 2017 Athletic Director of the Year at the Sports Business Awards in New York City by the Awards Association which was launched in 2008 by Sports Business Journal and Sports Business Daily. This was his first time winning the award, but he was also a finalist in 2015 when Gene Smith from Ohio State University took the honors. Now, I spent time with Dan a few weeks before he received this award, and one of the first things I asked him is why sports became so important to him at an early age. Well, I I grew up in western Pennsylvania, and during the late 60s, early 70s, and throughout that that decade, um, the area of Western Pennsylvania was a hotbed for athletics. Um, you know, the steel towns were uh, really thriving at, at that point in time. And, you know, one of the things that was really ingrained in all of us, young men and young women in, in that area, was competition. And whether it was at the little league level, the middle school or high school level, you know, that was just part of life. Uh, and, you know, really played everything as a young child, uh, really enjoyed the competition and 
kind of focused on football as I got to high school uh, and, and really had a great experience there. Um, the community and everyone being so involved in, in uh, the high school activities uh, really kind of pushed me into saying, you know, sometime during my career, I knew I didn't want to work in the steel mill. Okay, yeah. Uh, that, was, that was pretty clear early on. But if there was ever an opportunity to marry um, you know, my really love for sports and engagement yeah. and, and helping young people um, with, uh, with the uh, athletic activity, yeah. uh, then I wanted to do that. And I was uh, very fortunate to be able to do that. So now, did you have brothers, sisters that helped motivate you in this competition that you talked about? Or was it more just neighborhood kids? It was probably more the community. Okay. I, I do have a sister. Uh, we're separated by six years. So, okay. you know, it was you know, kind of like two different households. And, um, you know, she's For doing sure. wonderful. And, you know, it, it's... Uh, it's a blessing to have a, a sibling that, you know, my dad's still alive, so yeah. she's in the, in the neighborhood and uh, certainly helps take care of him as I've kind of globetrotted around the, the yeah, country for all of these um, athletic things. So, um, no, it was really the community and the, the uh, guys that I hung out with, and uh, it was, uh, like I said, there was a lot of competition all the time. Now, at what age was it that you said, all right, I think I want to focus on football? Was it in middle school or is it when you got into high school? Probably into high school. Okay. And, uh, you know, I had a couple of injuries that set me back a little bit. And, uh, you know, the, the recovery periods weren't as swift That's right. uh, back in the 70s as they <laughs> are today. Uh, having left high school, I went to uh, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, yeah. which is a uh, fairly large regional university in Pennsylvania and played football there for three years and coached okay. a year. Um, so it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a great place to go to college, uh, again, close enough to Pittsburgh and all yeah. of the wonderful things that were happening there, um, you know, during, uh, that late seventies period, you know, both with the pirates and the Steelers, you know, it was just a, a phenomenal time to be in that part of the world. Now, was your family a sports family? Like you watched events together or gathered all together for the Steelers or the pirates, as you, you mentioned? know, it was, it was really more my passion than maybe okay. a, a, a lot of the others. I mean, certainly my dad and I would watch games together, but you know, he worked a couple of jobs and okay. in the steel mill. So, you know, working the three shifts, obviously I would maybe need to talk, tell him what happened, <laughs> yeah, of um, course. you know, at, at certain games. But, um, no, it was, um, it was really my passion growing up and one that certainly my family helped, helped flame, you know, fan the flame, uh, give me great support. In college, you, you play and then you coach a little bit. Had there been a point that you said to yourself, yeah, I want to try this coaching thing out more than just one year? I had an opportunity after I uh, left college to go be a football graduate assistant. But at okay. the same time, I had an opportunity to attend the University of Miami uh, and get an MBA. Okay. And I thought, yeah. well, I could go to this small school and, and, and coach, or I could go to the University of Miami and, and get a graduate degree in business. Um, at that point in time, I thought, well, I, I like the sunshine a little better yeah, than I do the snow. So, um, that was the direction I took, but it was really at that point in time that I said, you know, if there are opportunities, uh, to get into the administrative side of, of athletics, um, I thought that uh, getting that graduate degree in business would, would really assist me, and uh, it did. And so what drew you to the administration side? What do you think I'd that had you a couple would of enjoy really, about that? I had a couple of really good mentors. In, in okay. high school, um, our athletic director, you know, in high school, athletic directors do everything. And then at, in college, uh, the same thing. I'd gotten to know 
uh, the athletic director at, at Indiana, Pennsylvania. And okay. I was just, it was, it was really interesting how they dealt with logistics um, of, of all the different pieces that go together um, to put together an athletic program. Um, I just found it very interesting and uh, always something new going on, a, a new cast of characters every four years. Okay. As, um, the, the people come and go out of a, a collegiate environment. So again, it wasn't my my first thought what I would do with my career, but it was kind of one of those things you always kept an eye open to say, you know, if these, if this opportunity ever exists, it's probably something that I'd like to do. So when you're at Miami getting your MBA, is that when you first got into the athletic administration side, doing some work there as well? Uh, it was a little after that. Okay. It so was, walk I, us through that path then. Well, I graduated from the University of Miami in 1982. I okay. went to work for a large um, public accounting firm. Oh, you did? Uh, okay. Uh, at that time, it was called Ernst & Winnie. It's oh, yes. now Ernst & Young. Uh, did that for about 18 months, but I'd gotten to know some of the people. They had just changed athletic directors at the University of Miami. And at an alumni event, had a chance to speak with um, the new athletic director, Sam Jankovic, and kind of struck up a friendship. And he was looking for uh, someone to come in and uh, help operate their business department. Okay. So had the academic credentials, had the desire. So I was lucky enough to uh, get a job at Miami and stayed there a couple of years. Um, during that time, uh, Coach Snellenberger yeah. won a national championship. <laughs> That's so right. It was really wonderful. Um, and Coach Johnson came and he was uh, just a phenomenally enthusiastic and organized individual. Yeah. Uh, I then left Miami for a couple of years just trying to think, you know what, maybe this business piece, you know, in the community was something I really wanted to do. Got into banking a little bit. Oh, okay. Things for uh, probably about three years. And yeah. then a friend of mine uh, became the athletic director at Long Beach State University in California. Um, and it he called and he goes, hey, look, you're, if you're interested in getting back into athletics, you know, I think I have a job for you. Okay. Uh, and at that point in time, I'd recently been married and uh, we, both my wife and I are pretty adventurous. So, you know what? Let's just, we leave Miami and we go to Long Beach, California. Wasn't exactly the Beverly Hillbilly kind of a thing, but, you know, it was <laughs> yeah. the cross-country trek. The yeah. cross-country trek was a lot of fun. We had five great years uh, in, great. in Long Beach. Both of our boys were uh, born in California. Okay. Um, so it was, it was a lot of fun, a lot of friends uh, we still have there today. Stayed five years there. And while I was out there, I made the acquaintance of, Mike McGee, who was the director of athletics at Southern California at yes. the time. Uh, Mike then migrated back um, south to become the athletic director at South Carolina. And he had a position open within his business area, okay. uh, called and uh, said, hey, look, uh, would you be interested in, in this position? And I yeah. said, well, yeah, really. It, about that time, it was good to kind of get back to the Eastern time yeah. zone for family and all of that. And, and South Carolina is such a beautiful place, you know, as, as a state, you know, we wanted to uh, move back here. So went there and was part of uh, Mike's staff for six years and, and really enjoyed that. He gave uh, all of his associate athletic directors a great deal of freedom uh, to be able to explore and, and, and really get involved, not only with the job that you were assigned to do, but other things as well. You know, as we had our staff meetings on Monday morning, uh, as I look back now, uh, Chris Massaro, who's the director of oh, athletics yeah. at, at Middle Tennessee, was there. Lori oh, Massa, man. who's the director of athletics at John Carroll, was there. Carrie Tharp, who's the president of Darlington Speedway, was there. Um, Jeff Barber, uh, who had the longtime athletic director at Liberty, was there. 
uh, Brad Edwards, the AD at um, George Mason, my was goodness. there. So Mike, uh, really, uh, I have to give him an incredible credit for being able to, you know, pull together a, yeah, good a lot group of talent. people and allowing them to do their job. It was, uh, you know, very, very um, helpful for me in my career uh, to be able to be exposed not only to what my job was, the the, facil- the finance piece but also be exposed to personnel, facilities, okay. all of those things that, that we were involved in, fundraising. Um, yeah. So he did a really good job with that. I then um, had the itch to have my own place. Yeah, of course. And went to uh, American University in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. for about nine months and uh, started there in October. And in April, um, Skip Bertman was named the athletic director at LSU. Skip had been the longtime baseball coach um, for LSU. And they wanted someone who had had some SEC experience, which I gathered at South Carolina, and someone who had, um, you know, been an athletic director, even though it was for a, a, a very short period of time. Uh, so I went down, interviewed, and uh, Mark Emmert, who's the current president of the NCA, was the president of LSU at the time, uh, and I was fortunate enough to get that job. So spent five great years at, at LSU, assembled. Um, with Skip, uh, a really, really good staff of people, some of which are, are still there. Got to work with incredible coaches like Nick Saban and Pat Henry, um, yeah. just legends in, in, in their particular areas. So uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I could have stayed at LSU for an awful long time because it was a place so. much like Clemson where it's important in the community um, to have a great athletic program. Uh, but I got an opportunity at Georgia Tech and you know Georgia Tech, one of the great brands in in the in the country as it relates to athletics. So we went there okay. uh, as the athletic director and spent uh, a five good years there. Really uh, enjoyed the opportunity um, that they gave me. I, I guess it was six six years there. Um, and you know it was uh, we redid some facilities, created a little yeah. bit of a, a master plan for their athletic precinct along with the uh, institution. Made some incredible friends and learned a lot about the ACC and uh, from that vantage point in Atlanta had the opportunity to watch what Clemson was doing okay. you know and Terry Don Phillips a very good friend of mine uh, had confided in me at one of the ACC meetings that he was going to retire um, and I said well Terry Don I I would walk to Clemson um, because <laughs> okay. I, I really think that you know, they're on the cusp. I'd known Brad, I'd known Dabo, things that they were doing, um, and really had great respect for Jim Barker, uh, who at the time was the president. president so yeah. had an opportunity to sit down with him with the search committee and was fortunate enough to uh, be named the 13th athletic director here at Clemson University. And it's been it's been so much fun because, you know, it, the four years and a few months have just gone by in a blink of an eye. Uh, the uh, I think we've had a one of the things I was brought in to do was, you know, take a fresh look at, you know, our physical plan to see, you know, what we needed, what we needed to help make money for the program. Uh, and, you know, really, uh, we, we've tried with all of our facility things that we've done uh, to make sure that they impacted our student athletes. They've impacted the game experience for our, our fans uh, and certainly the opportunity to work with a great board of trustees. Now, Jim Clements, who's our president, who has been incredibly supportive. Uh, and then, you know, being around Dabo uh, has been just phenomenal. He's one of the great 
great coaches in the country, but he is amongst the, uh, one of the best human beings that I've ever been around. Just mm -hmm. his passion, his enthusiasm, his um, willingness to give to the community yeah. and CAF through their foundation. Uh, it's just a, a, they're just a special pair to be around. For sure. Um, and has really helped our entire department move ahead. Um, you know, his ability to think big, dream big, um, is is important, and yeah. we've tried to emulate that in a lot of different ways around the department. So, Rich, that's the you know long version yeah, that's of how dream. I got to where we're sitting today. Well, now here at Clemson, um, and you like you mentioned, you've been involved in some facility upgrades and other places, and even here at Clemson. What are some of the challenges that you faced in terms of renovations versus brand new construction? And how does that look, especially now that Clemson is on the rise and obviously winning a national championship? Has that changed your ability to focus on projects? Well, I think, you know, when you get to the question of uh, renovation versus brand new, yeah. um, I think there's a, a thought that Clemson has like hundreds of thousands of acres of land yeah, that's um, right. that, that we could just... Uh, build new facilities, and and that's not really the case. Um, you know, we were able to build the Reeves uh, football complex on um, you know, what was the soccer practice fields. We were able to move those to another uh, spot within the athletic district. Um, but outside of that, um, we we really had to go down the renovation path. Um, and even our baseball building, while it was it was built new, it was kind of shoehorned into a small spot. You know, Little John Coliseum, the renovation there, there was no better place on yeah. campus for a basketball building than to where, where it is. And then certainly, you know, the things that we did inside the stadium were all renovations to um, really help fill the need, uh, the premium seating that our fan base was requesting. And uh, that's really helped us generate the revenue necessary to build uh, some of the projects that, that don't on a daily day day-to-day -day basis, you know, provide revenue on yeah. their own. So stepping back, when you made the decision to come to Clemson, was there any fallout or commentary around other ADs and ACC saying, can't believe you're going to another ACC school? You know, how did that look? You know, I, I don't think so because okay. um, Debbie Yao, who's been a trailblazer in a lot of different yeah. ways um, as, as a female athletic director, had done something similar. She had okay. gone from Maryland to NC State. And while she had ties and connections to NC State, regardless of that, she went from one ACC school to another. So when I was able to make the move from Georgia Tech to Clemson, I, I don't think that there was, you know, uh, a, there I didn't hear a whole lot of okay. commentary, you know, a, as to making a move intra-conference. And then so now as you've transitioned into all of these upgrades and a lot of focuses on football, is it a challenge balancing focus on other sports as well, since obviously football gets the majority of attention, especially at a school like Clemson? Well, I think that that really goes to the staff that, that okay. we have here. Um, they really keep a, a great pulse and balance yeah. um, to all of our other sports. I mean, we want to be successful. I mean, we've invested in basketball and we want yeah. basketball to be good. We've invested in baseball and for many years it was very, very good, and, and Monty uh, Lee has come in and continued that moving forward. Uh, we've had you know great programs in golf and soccer here, and you know their investments have uh, have come together as well. So, um, no, I, football certainly. I think people all, everyone in the department, all 212 employees, 
um, certainly understand that football provides the greatest amount of revenue. I mean, those seven Saturdays a year yes. when there's 80,000 people in the stadium and there's probably another 80,000 around campus, um, they, that provides the bulk of the revenue to allow us to exist and be successful. Now also, if you can think back to your earlier days and you first started out, say at American being an athletic director versus now and how social media has become a major platform, has that changed how you do things in athletic administration? Uh, it, it has. I think that you know one of the things that we tried to do here is you know we we recognized. I don't know if it was early or not, but we recognized that social media and content was very important. Yeah, uh, it was very important in extending the brand of the Paw, uh, extending the brand of Clemson Athletics and Clemson University. Right. So we invested, um, you know, in that area. Uh, we have a phenomenal creative media team that uh, is nationally recognized. I mean, yes. these guys uh, speak at more conferences than, than <laughs> I, can, uh, I can count uh, because of the really good way that they go about doing this yeah. and, and c connecting. And our football program um, really had been starting to do some of that. And while we helped bolster through this investment what they were doing, we've also extended it into a number of the other sports that we have and, okay. and the department as a whole. So um, that's that's been something that we strategically decided to uh, put some resources yeah. in, and it's uh, it's uh, been very good to us. Now, taking a step even further in your career, describe what it was like the, the day that you were invited to be on the college football playoff committee. Oh, that was that was really special. You know the. Uh, the way that works is the conference commissioners, um, they will all have a sitting athletic director at the table. Okay. And, and John uh, Swafford, the commissioner, called me and asked me if that was something that I would be interested in. And I said, well, it certainly was. And yeah. Then, <laughs> and then Bill Hancock, uh, after the vetting process was complete, um, called and uh, asked if I would serve. And I said, absolutely. I said it would be just uh, a phenomenal um, opportunity to be you know, not only on the committee, but be on the first committee. And, you know, the, the relationships and friendships from that committee, from Barry Alvarez to Pat Hayden yeah. to Tom Osborne to Mike Trangisi and some lady by the name of Condoleezza Rice, um, <laughs> you know, who's just one of the most phenomenal people I've ever met. She is truly a gem. But also to work with Bill and Kelly and, um, you know, uh, Jeff Long and Kirby Hocutt as our chairman. who've done the name of names. Just just a phenomenal job. So, you know, we get uh, great support from Bill and his staff uh, to be able to do our okay. job and uh, really enjoy the, the debates. Um, really, in, and they're incredibly civil and no one's throwing anything at anyone, um, you know, unlike what maybe the yeah. media might think. Um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're really good. People come in and they, they have their points and they have their their data, they have, you know, what their eyes have, have shown them, yeah. obviously the results of the games. Um, and we really have a, a, a really good time in, in putting that together. It's a lot of work, but I think that everybody knew what they were signing up for yeah. and, um, you know, really, really enjoy it. In terms of workload, you know, what type of challenges did you see? Because I imagine it probably changed your perspective of how you watched college football on Saturdays. Well, you watch a lot of it. I mean, first and foremost, you know, especially for the sitting athletic directors, yeah. you have a, you know, Saturdays are a work day. That's right. Um, so you get done watching your game or being at your game, and then you uh, utilize the the technology that the committee was able to give 
give all of us to be able to see as many okay. other games as, as you can. Um, so that that part of it has been really, really good, mostly because I have a great staff of people here yeah. who understand during that time period from late October to early December, um, you know, this is really something that is um, a big part of my week. So now how was it when you would be asked to leave the room when they were discussing Clemson. Oh, it was wonderful. Uh, you okay? <laughs> uh, really enjoyed leaving the yeah, room right. uh, because that, that says so many things. Number one, the respect um, that the Clemson football program and Coach Sweeney and our yeah. players and staff have, have gathered that um, you know, they had won you know, so many games that they were in consideration for being yeah. you know, within those, those four teams for being in the playoffs. So um, a lot of pride in walking out of the room and for sure. even more – Pride walking in and kind of taking a peek to see where <laughs> where we were on the rankings, and yep. um, that was that was phenomenal. And I and I think that um, you know the the gr there was never a time, and, and this just goes to the um, you know the real dedication of the group um, that you know no one you know really kind of pigeonholes you and says, hey, what about this? What about that? There would be questions about Clemson, just as we would ask Clemson uh, questions to Barry Alvarez about uh, Wisconsin, yeah. or Pat Hayden about Southern California, or okay. Oliver Luck before that about West Virginia. Yeah. Um, so uh, it, it really showed the professionalism of the of the group. Well, obviously, again, you hit a milestone with Clemson winning the national championship, but I know there's probably more goals that you want to see in the athletic department, and so. But describe just kind of the goals and also just what motivates you to continue to strive those for those goals today. Well, we, you know, certainly in football, we, we hit the ultimate point. Yes. And now the question is, can we do it again? What do we need to do to keep that lofty status? How do we continue to invest in, um, in our program to make it stay there? And then as it relates to some of our other programs, just continue to give the resources necessary to allow them to be successful uh, in, in, their, in their spheres. You know, we, we want to make sure that our soccer programs are, are very good. We want to make sure our golf and baseball and basketball and, and all the programs that we sponsor, at some point in time, we want them all to be champions. Uh, and many of them have been. Uh, but we want to make sure that uh, we continually, I, I look at our job, as, as athletic administrators to provide to our coaches and our student athletes the tools to be successful okay. both on the field and, and academically. And, yeah. and our student athletes have done a phenomenal job academically. And that's that's really the essence of, of what our our business is about. Yeah. Um, you know, we want to bring in student athletes and give them a great experience, you know, on the on the court or field of competition. But we also want them to leave here um, better citizens, more educated, yeah. with a degree, uh, and our coaches subscribe to that philosophy, and they're much closer to the student athletes than than administratively we are. Yeah. Uh, but you know that that philosophy kind of runs through the entire department. Yeah. Let's make sure that we we give the coaches and the student athletes the opportunities to be successful. Well, Dan, as we just wrap things up here. Can you share with us the impact of sports in your life and the lessons that you've learned that you've been able to apply and not only professionally, but also personally that you've gleaned from sports? You know, in sports has been uh, obviously a big part of my life. Yeah. And, and I tell young people who want to get into this business, I, I let them know that it's not a job. 
It's just part of who you become. Uh, yeah. it, it's, it's really a lifestyle. And to have the support of my family as we've kind of moved around has yeah. been uh, tremendous. Hopefully they've, they've seen some positives from, from all of that. So sports has given us, you know, uh, you know, a great place to live, yeah. the opportunity for my, for my kids to, to go to college. And uh, probably one of the more special moments is, you know, my youngest son uh, was a graduate transfer to play on last year's um, yes. championship team. And that's a great memory that he'll keep forever which is just phenomenal to be able to right. have that type of inroad to be able to do that. Um, so he's, he's really enjoyed it. You know, and, and for me personally, I think that you have to understand in sports, you know, one of the, one of the great sayings is if, you, if you're a baseball player and you fail seven times out of ten, you're probably in the Hall of Fame. That's right. <laughs> um, so you can't be afraid to, you know, put something out, uh, to fail, um, to be able to learn from it uh, and, and move ahead. Because not every coach you hire is going to be perfect. Not every um, policy that you put forward is going to work exactly the way uh, you might envision it. There's yeah. a lot of external forces that you know really touch an athletic program. We are a part of a university, and we are the part that allows you know, we we do events so that people come in and can see the greater good of the university and okay. we take that responsibility um you know uh, to heart and and want to make sure that the events and how we interact with the university is uh at a very very good level and okay. a very positive level well and also we're always looking for wise people and words of wisdom so i enjoy you sharing any words of wisdom uh, for our listeners dan well, Rich, I mean, I, I appreciate that. Um, I don't know that there's any great words of wisdom <laughs> that, that I can uh, impart on, the, on your listening audience other than, you know, um, you should wear watches as a, as a piece of jewelry. Um, <laughs> yes. Don't let your day be defined by, by that time. Okay. Uh, you know, you, you need to be there to get your job done. You need yeah. to be all in. And as I said earlier, it's, it's a lifestyle being in this business as opposed to being a job. If you want a job, there's hundreds of thousands right. of, of, of different opportunities for people to clock in. And as, as, it, as I said earlier, you know, growing up in a steel uh, yeah. mill area, Guys would go in at seven, they'd leave at three, and they that's, wouldn't think about the steel mill after that. That's well, right. In athletics, it's a little different. It's for sure twenty four seven. There's there's always something to do. There's always a a program to move ahead. There's always a policy to to work through. There's always a committee that may need your your input. Yeah. Uh, there's great uh, relationships to be made as as we look to raise money and funds to allow uh, us to continue to do the things that we we can do. So, uh, I guess. I guess the lifestyle piece yeah. is probably the most important. That that's what you that's what you have to have to be successful in this business. Well said, sir. Well, Dan, again, thank you so much for your time, and uh, look forward to talking again soon. Thank you, Rich. Appreciate right. it. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed that interview with Dan and learning more about him as a person and his journey and just the importance of sports and what it has meant in his life and especially. Because, you know, he really didn't come from what we might define as a sports family and how he still gravitated towards sports. And it just shows you, again, just what sports can do in somebody's life. And, you know, he's definitely one of the most well-respected ADs in the nation, obviously being selected 
for the college football playoff selection committee, and he's also served on the board that has helped ESPN establish plans for the soon-to-be ACC network. And I would imagine and suspect that there'll be even more honors coming his way in the very near future. All right, now the weekly words of wisdom. Keeping encouragement and motivation rich. Keeping encouragement and motivation rich. Let's explore the weekly words of wisdom. In honor of celebrating Memorial Day this week, let's focus on courage and bravery for our weekly words of wisdom. And if you haven't seen the movie Hacksaw Ridge, please do, as this story of medic Desmond Doss, who saved 75 men at Okinawa, truly exemplifies what we're talking about with courage and bravery, as described by the words from No Peaceful Warriors by Ambrose Redmoon. Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than one's fear. The timid presume it is lack of fear that allows the brave to act when the timid do not. But to take action when one is not afraid is easy. To refrain when afraid is also easy. To take action, regardless of fear, is brave. So again this week, we honor all of those men and women with that courage and that type of bravery, but didn't make it home. We honor you, and we thank you. Well, episode number five comes to a close this week, and I look forward to next week. And until then, focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. Thanks for listening.